Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Throwing Partners, episode 12, The Dirty Dozen. Wow, Chris. 12 episodes. We just had our 10th and our 11th. It's dirty. How are you doing? It's, it's dirty. dirty. It's How are you dirty. doing today? I'm doing good. Um, It's been a while since, like, I think we're coming down to the point now where it's going to be one episode a week kind of yeah. thing. We both have busy schedules, so I think one episode a week kind of, like, getting everybody ready for maybe the end of the week or the beginning of the week who knows when you watch it i think it would be a good recap for everybody so yeah just in, even if they pick it up in the middle of the week i know you have work in school and then school for me and then starting work in a couple weeks so starting work at the new job the, the job, getting back in the workforce which is fantastic um COVID but let's stop you dude covid nope stop you can't stop me mask up well, let's get into uh, what we finished. What we talked about last week was the Super Bowl, and let's give it up for my pick, uh, Robert's whatever. pick, the Bucks, and props to Robert for calling out that Bucks defense. Um, they showed up, and Mahomes left bruised up, and just he really missed those offensive tackles. But we watched that game, Chris. It was kind of boring, honestly. It, it was very boring. But I want, I want to ask you this, though. So, like, okay, let's say the two offensive tackles for the Chiefs were not injured. They were actually starting. They were there. Do you think that's a totally totally different ball game? I think it's not a blowout like it was. I think okay. there's more of a touchdown score to at least Mahomes running forward more than he was. We, we watched that game. We saw easy passes dropped. I saw a lot of uh, wide receivers for Kansas City um, getting plucked in the head <laughs> with the there, football. There, there were, There's yeah, at least get, two. There's at least two. Yeah, plucked in the head. Travis Kelsey just – there was that one wide open just – He had the most receiving yards right, for them, though. Right out of his hands, though. And say what you say about there's some calls that I think went Bucks way I will, for sure. I definitely want to tap into that because I'm sorry. Okay. I get it that the NFL now is very ticky tacky with pass interference calls. Yeah. But if a ball is not catchable, if a ball is being sailed all the way to like basically where the fan stand is, that is not a catchable ball. And I'm sorry, you can't call pass interference on that. You can't do that. Yeah, it was at least 100 feet above his and head. That, and that was right him. before the half. It was right yeah. before the half. And then guess what? Tampa Bay scored a touchdown right before the half. Yep. So there is and, – and, you know, Kansas City was not – like, I, I'll give I'll give the refs credit, though. They did call the right calls, I would say, about 75% of the time. But that 25% was still very key on momentum drives. You know – Kansas City came out flat. I'm going to tell you that much, though. Mahomes didn't look like Mahomes. I think that injury to his toe was a big thing, and I don't know if the concussion thing was a big thing, too. But, um, I mean, he performed well when he came to the AFC Championship after the concussion protocol, and he was fine. Yeah. But the I think the toe injury, now that he's having surgery, too, I think that injury definitely showed what was going on. And then also, you know, you got Andy Reid's son, that, you know, horrible crash that he did, and, Prayers go out to that little girl and, and their family yep. and everything like that. I mean, I'm sorry to say this. The dude admitted to drinking and being under the influence too of, of I think, Adderall. And yeah. fire him. Fire him. I don't care who you are. You know, honestly, it's not even just fire him. You know what? He needs to go to jail. Yeah. He needs to go to jail. He just caused life. I mean, she's still not out of the hospital yet. He gave that little girl brain damage. 
Like yes. she's gonna have to deal with that the rest of her life. Mm-hmm. And she's young. She was like what five? She was five. I think the other one was six or seven. Yeah. So she's so young, not even the double digits yet of her age. Like still a toddler technically, and just has to deal with this the rest of her life. Mm-hmm. Like I don't think any form of payment can change that. It sucks. And like honestly, I think that that was a big distraction for the Chiefs as well. But let's not throw excuses. They just played really bad. Yeah, no, the Chiefs played very, very poorly. It was probably one of the most boring Super Bowls I've ever watched besides the Seahawks blowing out Denver. Or um, the the Rams and the Patriots. Oh, my gosh, that was that so was, bad. It was, it was a field close goals. game. Field goals, field goals, field goals. Which props to you for field goals, uh, the kicker. Got me uh, the second most points on my team. Second most points. Butker came in clutch for the Chiefs, so I give him credit. But Butker kicked butt. I, everybody's been telling me you don't bet against the GOAT. I get it. I totally get it. And speaking of the goat though, I do want to go into like a Twitter feed with Tom Brady and Tyron Matthew. So you know how like Tyron Matthew claimed that Tom Brady was said something that was explicit and he didn't want to, Tyron didn't want to exactly say what he wanted to say, but he said Tom Brady said it to him in that altercation there on the field. And then Tom Brady apologized to him in a text after the game after the super bowl was done to tyron and then all of a sudden tyron forgot tom brady was mic'd up and tom brady never said anything like that there is no words coming out so tyron made the whole thing up yeah playing the victim i think and we we saw those altercations on the field and you could tell that like tyron he instigated it yeah like he went up to Tom, he said something. But that's and like that's that's they're, who he you're is, gonna though. bark. Yeah, that's who he is. He's a de- yeah. defensive player, and that's his personality. Mm-hmm. But you're gonna bark at Tom. Tom's gonna bark back. I mean, usually Tom doesn't do that though. Like as much no. as he did back to Tyron, it's usually not that much. But you know, Tyron is known. You know, like you know how Richard Sherman's known to you know trash talk, but he can back yeah. it up. Tyron is a great player. He's a great player. So he can back it up, and and but in that game, for instance, it wasn't there and, and everything like that. So and Brady showed him up. Remember, he's like, I'm coming after you. I and know, got he, that touchdown. He went after him hard. He went after him so hard. Super Bowl. If you guys didn't watch it, you guys didn't really miss much. Don't bet against the goat. Commercials now, were kind of weak too. Commercials were weak, but I would say this. Okay, so I know we were both watching the Super Bowl at the same time, and we both didn't like the halftime show. The weekend. I'm sorry. To me, it wasn't that good. I mean, it's, it's like right now it's, I feel like people are, it's either, I loved it. I didn't like it. There's no in between. Yeah. It was in between. It wasn't like, I like the weekend. He's a good artist. I think he, he has great songs, but just the performance. I didn't, it was the performance. It didn't have that wow factor like past shows have had. Yeah. Um, like last year, for instance, with JLo and Shakira, that was really great. But I know like every other year, it seems like there's always that week. I, it, I think you're exactly show. right with the every other year because yeah. the year before that was Maroon 5 and Travis Scott. And I was just like, no. Oh, no. I hate Maroon 5. But the thing is, is like, I want to see a performance like Prince's performance. When yeah. He did Purple Rain and all that stuff. And people are saying that Weekend had the best Super Bowl of all time, but you're not including Prince's Purple Rain. You are on something. You yeah. are on while it, while it was raining. I don't like. care if you don't even like Prince's songs. Like that performance was just amazing. And to say the weekend is better than Prince, no, sir. No, ma'am. Sorry. Yeah. I don't even put, I mean, in my lifetime for halftime shows, I wouldn't even put the weekend like in the top, in 10? Enti- in the top 10. Nothing. I, I don't I don't see it too. 
but that's what we were talking about. It's like, there's no middle. It's either you liked it or you didn't. And we're both on the didn't like it. I think there's more didn't like it than liked it. So, yeah. But let's get away from the Super Bowl. That's in the past. Congrats to Tom Brady, the GOAT, and all the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They finally got their Super Bowl since 2003. But let's go into a hot topic, and it's very sensitive to me right now, and I want your take on it, okay? So I actually informed you about this. You didn't know until I told you. I didn't know about this, yeah. So Russell Wilson on the Dan Patrick Show explicit, or I can't say explicitly, but he said, like basically in quotes, that the offense, he's tired of getting tackled so much, which I understand. And he threw kind of like the whole O-line under the bus of Seattle. And now he's requesting more of action in the front office of the Seattle front office, the Seahawks front office, and says on trades, who they draft, all this stuff. Yeah. So what I want to know is, the first question is, does Russell Wilson stay in Seattle? Yes, he does. Okay, so he stays. Now that he's staying in Seattle, how much influence do you think he'll have on the front office? I think they'll listen to him. I mean, I know they have that star player. And personally, I don't like when players like get a little influence on the front office. But I guess if they're the star player, you want to ask for their opinion because they're the ones in the field. Me, as a Colts fan, seeing Andrew Luck get thrown around like a rag doll, mm-hmm. which is why he's retired. He got injured so much because at the time he had no O-line. Mm-hmm. He not once would be like, oh, I need the front office to, to get me this O-line. But like, here's but to go with your Andrew Luck analogy here, it's, you know, when Andrew Luck came back from that injury, he got sacked the least amount of times in the whole NFL. So the front office knew what the problem was and corrected yeah. it. And so, then maybe he's saying the front office doesn't even know at this point, and there's, the problem lies deeper within Seattle's front office. As a, as a Seattle fan for Seahawks, everything Seattle, I will say the Seahawks are in dire need of an O-line. I totally get it. Russell Wilson has been thrown around, around like a rag doll. Um, so I think that's our first priority. Um, people will also say our defense is terrible, which I can agree to an extent, but towards the end of the season, they are actually doing a lot better. I think they're starting to figure everything out then. It was just a little too late in the season. So I would go after O-line first, like drafting or trading or free agency, yeah. something you can get and then worry about that defense later. I agree. I also think like with Russell, I, he's speaking more like he's frustrated and I don't think it was a direct attack on the front office. And I think maybe if he had a chance, he would reward it. Yeah. But I think if he sits in the line, like, I think like we need improvement on the offensive line instead of like, you know, like we need it, like go get it. Like you're not doing your job type of thing. I think if he rewarded it, it would sound a lot better. Um, But I know you were pretty furious about it and you said, get them out of Seattle. And I think that's just your frustrations right now, but you don't want Russ out of Seattle. Okay. So I am more for get Russ out of Seattle because one, there's been prior locker room issues with him before. So we don't know who Russell Wilson is. He, I mean, he does these great things off the field for charities, for hospitals and all this stuff. And, you know, I know he truly does mean that stuff. But in the locker room, if we're just talking football, there's been issues with him with like defensive players like Richard Sherman didn't like him. Cliff Averill didn't like him. And I mean, we don't have that insight of what's happening in the locker room and whose side to take. But it's not a this is not a first time thing of like a locker room issue kind of thing. So for him to throw the offensive line under the bus like that, I don't like that. 
if you're going to throw somebody under the bus, you don't, well, first off, you don't ever throw anybody under the bus. You talk to your players, you talk to your teammates. If you're that captain, you go talk to them personally. Hey, what can we do to work things out? Um, If you're not seeing on the same level as me, let's, let's find a way to mutually get there. You know, if you don't have the mesh, right, there's nothing there. So that's the thing is, I don't know how much Russell Wilson has talked to his offensive line or if he just threw him under the bus like that. But yeah. what I'm saying is get, get him out of Seattle already is because, one, he's owed a lot of money. He, he was in that first year of his extension. Two, he is still elite quarterback, top five easily quarterbacks in the NFL right now. Yeah. And you can get so much out of it. And you know how many teams want a quarterback right now, like of that caliber? So many. There's so half, many teams. Half the league wants a quarterback. So that's the thing is like you can get so much in return and you can get a lot of money off the books. I would take it now if this has all been boiling up for Russell a long time. You know what? Give if he wants out of Seattle, give it to him. You know, he's he got us a Super Bowl. I, I applaud him for everything he's done with us. He's done everything right for us. And if this is his time to go, then let's take it so we can take everything that we can while he's healthy and still an elite quarterback. Yeah, get him for what he's worth right now. Yes. Don't want it to escalate to where it's, you know, it's, we see with a lot of guys that have been with one team their entire career, you know, it gets kind of stale after a while and maybe it's time for a change um, professionally and personally. Um, we don't know that. I would hate to see him leave Seattle. He's done I, so, I would too. But as a Colts fan, come over to Indy. Like I say he goes <laughs> to with Vegas. Us. I say he goes to Vegas. I think they're going to ship Derek Carr out. They're going to keep Marcus Mariota as a backup there, just in case like they don't get a good quarterback and he can start too, because he looked good when he started. But I think Vegas can give up a lot of draft picks and afford the money and all this stuff and take them. And I don't see why Russ wouldn't like uh, playing for them. They have great weapons there. They have a good run game with Josh Jacobs. Yeah. So, But the thing is, is like going back to what we said about players having to say in the front office, I'm sorry to say this, but, you know, players have a voice. And I agree with that 100%. And if you don't let your voice be heard, then nobody's going to know. So your frustration is just going to boil. But if you talk to people like Deshaun Watson has and Russ has supposedly now, you know, you're getting your name out there. But to say like, hey, I want influence on the trades, all this, like the actual front office stuff. That's like saying I'm doing your job, your job, your job while I'm doing a quarterback job, but I have no say in like a, like a high profession rate of what they do. Yeah. So we see that, we see that a lot with the NBA. Yeah. So it's just like, you know, leave it to them. But the thing is though, I think there's a good way to go about this is like, let's say if you're the GM, right. And I'm Russell Wilson and I say, Hey, Brian, I just want to let you know, I need some say in the moves that you do and everything like that. And I, I just come up front and I tell you what, like what my problem is. Like, I don't, my, I've been beaten up out there. You got to help me out and stuff like that. And you tell me, I will help you out. I will help you out. But the thing is, is where it comes down to like trades, who we sign draft picks. I will say, Hey, how I would do this. I would get your feedback. Like, Hey, how do you like this guy? How does, how, how do you think that would work in our system? Would it be good talking with Pete Carroll as well, or other front office managers and everything like that. And if Russ says, I don't like it, but it's something we really need as a front office, we really need that. Like it's an offensive line, but it's not his favorite. I'm sorry. Oh, well, oh, well, I'm going to take that talent and we're going to make it work. Yeah. This is my job. Like I'm going to do it. But the thing is, is they're filling the roles that he also wants. So like they're drafting O-line or signing O-line I don't, I'm sorry. I don't care that you don't like this person or not, 
maybe we can be men and adult men and, you know, get over our things. We're here. You're only on the field for what? 60 minutes. If that, yeah. 60, 60 minutes. So 60 minutes, one sun, one day out of the week during NFL season, put your issues aside and just work together. That's it. That's all you got to do. Yeah. It's about open communication. Yeah. But and like a, lot I said, of, a lot of teams lack communication. Yeah. So I, I don't, I don't discourage players going to the front office saying, I need some say into this because if things haven't been working out the way they, they want, then definitely you need to know, Hey, my player is upset. I, you know, he's under contract. He is my employee. He is my employee. Every player that plays on that field is my employee. I need to take care of my employees. That's what it is. That if you're looking at a business standpoint and in order to take care of that, that employee, you got to hear the feedback from your employees. Yeah. And then you have to be, you know, in the middle with everything from the employee side and the owner side. That's my take. I know I went on a tangent there. It was, it was a while. <laughs> no, Sorry. You're, you're passionate. It's your team. Like I, it's frustrating when like something like that happens to your team and the player you like and how you don't really want him to leave. But if he's going to like talk mess on your team like that, you want him out and it sucks. But at a certain time it, it gets stale. And if it's time to go, it's time to go. But um, it's frustrating when it's, when it's your own team and you t- you take it personally as a fan. Yeah. Um, speaking of, fans and taking things personally and then just things happening with a poorly ran football organization, the uh, Texans released JJ Watt today. Mm-hmm. So, and speaking of Seattle needs defense, like there's a possibility. There's going, rumors of him signing there. Crazy that they released him. You know, I was expecting more of a Deshaun Watson decision before that. I feel bad for him. I really do. Yeah. Every, everyone seems to be trapped there. And as mm-hmm. of right now, like, DeAndre Hopkins was like the first one out. He's like, peace later. Like, I don't want to be here anymore. Kind of sad to see like JJ Watt, like what he's done for Houston in his career there. And then just them doing him dirty and Deshaun Watson dirty, man. That, that Yeah. That ownership. I mean, they do have a new uh, GM and a new head coach now. So hopefully things are going to get better and they've been vocal with their players, but with let's go to Deshaun Watson's case first. He's voiced the opinion of like he wants out. He, yeah. he wants out. I don't blame him. That that team is in shambles and it's poor ownership too. So I if I was a player there. I would want out. Yeah. And now they're telling him, hey, we're not gonna we're not gonna trade you. You got so much money and so like you you sign the extension. We're not gonna trade you. So in that case, would you play? No. And it's not even about like the team performance. It's, mm-hmm. it's personal matters that mean a lot to him and just their stance against like shutting players up and just um, not really standing with like with black players. It's more of a personal thing. And I, I get why he doesn't want to play with them anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, it goes beyond football with him. Yeah. And um, I, and I totally agree. I wouldn't not want to play yeah. either. Like it's, it's a comfort level and who cares how much money like he's getting from yeah. them. Like, if he personally doesn't feel comfortable there anymore because of the things they're saying and the things they don't want to do, yeah, I'd want out too. And if they don't trade him and he just sits, like, good for him. Like, sit out until you get to a place where you feel comfortable at and welcomed. And it's not, it's not like, you know, this is the new G- – well, it's kind of like the new GM's fault for not wanting to trade him. But you have to look at his standpoint too. He's brand new. Like, this isn't his fault with everything that's going on in that, that organization. Um, I blame the owners, hardcore. Um, JJ, it's sad to say that JJ Watt, as much as he's done for Houston and everything like that, 
he has to go talk to his owners and say, I, I want out. And they mutually yeah. came to an agreement. But th- that's the thing, though, okay? I know it's J.J. Watt. He's been there for a long time. He, he means so much to that city and everything like that. He's done his time there. Why can't Deshaun Watson do that? Honestly, I think it's a – man, I think it's a stature thing. And I don't want to get too political or anything, but it honestly kind of sh- checks, like, you know, privilege – at that point i agree i you know here and you know what's funny is i i talked to my mom about this so in let's say military i know a lot of people out there are that listen to this are in the military and there's people that have not been in the military but i will say this the military has changed over time from the evolution of from world war ii to now it's it's totally different ball game with technology everything like that but the one thing you always got to do is take care of your military personnel. If you don't have foundation, like a good relationship with your military personnel, then there's no mission. If there's no mission, then there's no goal. And so basically that's the same thing with players. Now it's, if you don't have a good foundation with your players, you're not going to be successful and nothing's going to go right. So you need to have a foundation in each team. This is to the owners. The owners need to have that good foundation with players. And you know what? It's sad to say, and, and, you know, don't get me wrong for this. Don't for the fans out there, Jerry Jones is actually a good owner. He is a good owner. He actually talks to his players. He's down on the field. He loves his Cowboys. I get it. And he's been there forever. And, you know, it's sad to say it's taken this long to figure out if Dak Prescott's going to resign there or anything like that. Yeah. And, And I get it, but at least Jerry Jones was talking to Dak. You know, he was talking to him and then Dak had that moment where he's like, I don't want to talk to them at all. And I get that. I get that. He's frustrated and he has every right to do that. But Jerry Jones has a relationship with his players and makes players want to play for the team. So if you don't have that, then your team's not going to perform well. Yeah. If you're, if your players aren't happy, the product on the field is not going to be great. No. And I, I preach that, you know, um, at my old job a few years ago. And it was like, you know, if like, my employees were happy, customer satisfaction and everything. They'd be happy too. So it's, yep. it all starts with the employees, happy employees, happy guests, happy players, good team, happy fans. Mm-hmm. And they're, just, I think they're just in it for the money. I talk about my distress with Artie Moreno. I think he just sent it for the money for the angels. We look at the Spanos family for the chargers, same thing. They don't care. And yeah. that's what separates, you know, the owner and the the player personnel and that's what sucks and that's that's what's going on in houston and it's really sad to see yeah and, you know positivity is contagious but so is yeah. negativity negativity is contagious too so you know like how they always say you can do all this positive stuff and one negative thing could change everything and yep. i think that's what's happening in houston right now domino so. effect another distressed player really um which leads us into the next trade before the super bowl uh matthew stafford going from detroit to the Los Angeles Rams, mm-hmm. them sending uh, Goff over to Detroit, to Detroit. So mm-hmm. huge trade, big boost for Los Angeles. I don't see Detroit doing well with Goff. They're going to be the same old Lions. But yeah, what do you think, Chris? Honestly, this is going to sound weird. Matthew Stafford, to me, has always been underrated as a quarterback. Even with Calvin Johnson there, I think he was uh, underrated as a quarterback. Yeah. And... 
you know, he's been in clutch moments with Detroit and now he's coming to a, a nice LA team, a well-rounded LA team. So I think he's going to do well, but the amount that LA gave up to get him, I think was a little too much with the two first round picks along with Jared Goff. I wouldn't, I mean, Matthew Stafford, don't get me wrong. He's great, but he's a little bit old for the league. He's getting up there. He's got two more years left on his contract while Jared Goff's got four and he's still in his twenties. He's got a lot of money coming out, coming his way too. Yeah. So the two first round picks that LA had to give up, I think maybe just one would have been okay, but two, I think is a little much because now you're taking away from your future because Matthew Stafford, you know, you know, you don't know if he's going to resign there or not, you know, and you don't know how well he's going to perform there yet. So he's got two more years on his contract and you gave up two first round draft picks. Uh, future doesn't look too bright. Yeah. I think it's more of a, what can we do in the next two years type of thing? Don't get me wrong. If Matthew Stafford plays well and the, the Rams have a season like they did last year, they can be Super Bowl contenders. Oh yeah. I agree. Yeah. I can totally agree. see it. I can totally see it. And Jalen Ramsey has been Jalen Ramsey for that defense. Like he was in Jacksonville. So I yeah. don't, Aaron Donald, Aaron know, Donald just was the player of the year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's just like, you know, they had one bad year last year, you know, and yeah. then this year it all came back. So, but yeah, that's what I, that's how I feel about the Jared Goff and Matthew Stafford trade. Yeah. I was it actually in a, in a group chat with some old coworkers and Jonathan, who was on a few weeks ago, he goes, I hope Watt goes to the Rams. Imagine him paired with like Donald and Ramsey. That's really scary. Yeah. If that happens, because that those are, uh, I think they're the one of three each. So JJ Watt, Aaron Donald, and I think Houston, not the team Houston, but the defensive end Houston have the most sacks in the last three seasons. Yeah. And if you put JJ Watt with Aaron Donald as a Seattle fan, and if I'm Russell Wilson and I'm still there, I'm terrified. Yeah. <laughs> I am like, I'm sorry, whatever running back we sign, or if it's Rashad Penny, I'm just handing the ball off every time. We saw what they did in the playoffs. Or you might as well have DK Seattle line too. up as an O-lineman. You know, he's big enough. He so, can do it. <laughs> I think he could too. That's, I think that's a wrap for NFL so far. Yeah. Um, that was probably the most we've really talked about NFL. Like our it's all the off season. That's why it's the yeah. off season. Off seasons always have that, you know, revolving like news all the time. So yeah. Still waiting on that Carson Wentz trade, but who knows? He's going to Chicago. Chicago. Yeah, I think so too. So all right. So take it us away to where are we going next? We're going to baseball because the Super Bowl happened. It's over. Football's over. Baseball's turn now. We're heading into it's spring. It's still training. hockey and basketballs. Still hockey and basketball. Okay, okay. <laughs> but but I love baseball. Uh, so do I. <laughs> I know. We we both love baseball. I love um, sports. Sports. Sports, <laughs> sports ball. Dwight Partners Podcast. Sports. <laughs> baseball. Wow. Uh, spring training. Pitchers and catchers report next week. There's been a signing frenzy. A lot of stuff happening. We talked about the Bauer trade last time. Um, or signing. We we're going to discuss the rivalry kind of brewing within the Padres and the Dodgers. Um, which is going to be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but what do you want to like transaction wise? What do you want to talk about? Let's go to Seattle. Cause I, you know, we're talking about Seattle and Seattle. I mean, the Mariners haven't done anything this off season really, but we did do something yesterday signing former closer of the blue Jays and Houston, Ken Giles to a two year deal. Uh, he had Tommy John. So he's not going to be playing this year, but it's a two-year deal. So that next year they're going to have him play. Hopefully he plays. How do you feel about that? 
it's a good pickup. I know a lot of teams now are kind of doing that. Well, we don't have him this year, but we'll have him next year guaranteed of him mm-hmm. being back and healthy. We saw the Padres do that with Garrett Richards. We just saw the Dodgers do that this offseason with uh, Tommy Canely. Mm-hmm. He had Tommy John. He's not going to be available until maybe late this season or earliest uh, twenty. I would just let him rest. Yeah, let him rest. Knowing like Seattle, who knows what the AL West, like it's up for grabs at this point, I think. So they might have a chance. They were good last year in the 60 games. It's not an impact right now, but it will be, I think, when the team's really competitive in 2022. Yeah. I No, I think it's a good move. I mean, it's low risk, high reward too. So, and we need it. wasn't that much money. Either. No. And we need bullpen. That was our biggest flaw last year. I think if we had a better bullpen, actually, we probably would have had like five or six more wins. I honestly think. Yeah. But um, they need to bring back Carl Edwards. He did great for us last year. I don't know why we're not bringing him back, but he know. signed with another team. Yeah. I think and I texted I'm, you. I was I upset about it, team, though. but he needed to come back, but you know, we still have like Johan Ramirez and still a young core out there. So they're still trying to figure it out, but let's uh, let me, let me ask you about your team. Then what do you feel about Dexter Fowler coming to the angels? I'm okay with it. Um, the, the angels, I think they really rushed Joe Adele last season and we saw his struggles at the plate and in the field last year. Fowler, he's another guy that played under Joe Madden for that Cubs World Series team um, in 2016. He brings a lot of personality to the clubhouse and the dugout, which I'm really excited for. He can still hit. He can still field. He can run. I think he's just that that stepping stone and that outfield depth, um, waiting for Brandon Marsh and Joe Adele to really emerge um, coming up. I know they still have Upton on the books playing left it's a lot of money you can't let sit on the bench but I, th- I think it's a good trade I think the Cardinals uh paid for the majority of his contract he was over you guys like, aren't paying like one mil 1.75 million out of like a 15 million dollar deal that's so nice. they got a lot of the weird thing is they have a lot of guys coming off the books after the season there's so many free agents they're in pretty much their entire rotations uh free agent at this point well, hopefully they get that figured out uh, soon rather than later, you know. Um, you know, extensions never hurt. I think the – because you guys have a young rotation. Besides Jose Quintana, I think it's a very young rotation, and I think extensions are needed in that rotation. Yeah, I think I would want to – after the year Bundy had last season, uh, re-sign Bundy, um, extend um, Andrew Heaney. Griffin Canning's going to be there. He's under team control for a long yeah. time. So – they have like that core there. And I think with like our pools coming off his last season um, coming this season, that's going to free up so much cap space. What if, what if Trevor Bauer, what if Trevor Bauer opted out? Cause he was waiting for our pools to leave. So the angels had more money to give him. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think personally, I don't think any pitchers who pitches once every five days is worth 40 mil a season. That's a lot. That that's too much money. That is way too much money. Um, especially for a guy who's in that rotation, like Bauer, like I said last week, maybe the number two or the number three. Um, I saw Marcus Stroman actually tweet today. Um, he said, you know, DeGrom's the best pitcher he's ever seen. Like, he I, is. He's the, the most consistent. In, in Major League Baseball, he's back-to-back Cy Youngs, and then people are like, oh, no, like, that. that's not true. It's like, what about when healthy Strasburg? I'm like, no Strasburg. In the playoffs, yeah, but Strasburg in his it, career, mediocre at best. Uh, I put Scherzer up there, but he's on the decline. Like Jacob Degrom, like 
people that Odo doesn't have run support. Who cares? I mean, you still can put Clayton Kershaw up there too. Yeah, he goes out there and he pitches. He's worth 40 mil, I think. He's he's the most valuable person on that team, on the Mets right now. And seeing a guy like Trevor Bauer, who had one outstanding season, get 40 mil Uh over him, that's just weird to me. Yeah, I think Noah Syndergaard right now is actually the best pitcher in baseball. Noah? Or sorry, not Noah. Oh, my gosh. I don't know why it's <laughs> Jacob DeGrom. I'm so yeah. sorry. <laughs> I'm so, wrong Mets player. Wrong Mets player. Sorry. He's good. I he mean, is good when he's healthy. But Jacob DeGrom, no, hands down, is by far the best pitcher probably the last five seasons. Yes. Besides Clayton Kershaw, who Clayton Kershaw, you know, he is on the decline, but his declining numbers are not outrageous. His declining numbers are what like regular guys want as their regular stat line. Exactly. In season after season. Yeah. No, I totally agree with that. So Dexter Fowler to the Angels. Uh, good deal for the Angels. I agree. It's actually a really good deal. But let's go to another good one. This is a trade also. Boston traded Andrew Benatendi to oh, KC. Oh, yeah, I forgot about this. To KC, right? And Benatendi's on his last year of his contract. Um, he has two more seasons. Oh, he has two more seasons. What does this tell you about Boston, though? Boston's in a mini rebuild. You even think though mini they are or big, a, I think mini. They're in a big market, and it's so weird to see a big market go through a rebuild like this. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to say it's a full blown rebuild, but we saw them like you know, you're the Boston Red Sox. We're gonna let Mookie. We're gonna trade him because we don't think we can resign him. It's like you can. You have the money. You have the money. Like, that's just showing you don't have faith in your product on the field or in your farm system. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're basically saying, like, sorry, Mookie, like, we don't have the guys coming up to support you. So you're, you're going mean, to be, you sign here, you're going to be on a team that sucks. I don't think they would suck if they resigned him. I think he actually would turn the team around. But, I mean, KC gave up really good prospects to Boston. So Boston did get a, get a good handful of prospects, like legit good prospects. They weren't like, I mean, I wouldn't label like Franchi Cordero. As, no, nothing like that. Or Bobby yeah. Wood Jr., nothing like that. Yeah. But, I mean, Bobby Wood Jr. is still with KC in that farm system. I don't see them giving him up. Yeah, it's it's weird seeing Boston do this. You know, that core outfield from a few years ago is gone now. Mm-hmm. Um, Jackie Bradley Jr. is still awaiting a contract from any team at this point. There's been so many teams rumored to sign him, and they're just – no one's biting, so I think the Mets take them. When... I think the Mets take them. The Mets, the Mets, I think would be a really good fit. I think the Giants would be a good fit too. Um, who knows? Like he's a good glove. He doesn't hit well, but his glove's really good. Yeah. No, I think since they missed out on George Springer and Trevor Bauer, I think the Mets go after him. But yeah, Benatendi to KC, kind of. It's going to be different. KC surprisingly, that roster is starting to get like legit. Like the AL Central, they could take it. They could easily take it. I think. I think right now on paper, Cleveland it's the, to it's me the is the White still, Sox. I think Cleveland. I think Cleveland too, but based on their, just their pitching in general. Well, Cleveland to me has like the best one of the best rotations. Oh yeah, they have the best rotation without Clevenger, or Bauer, or anyone. Like um, my thing is, or even Carrasco. Yeah, and you know they lost Lindor, they traded him, but Cleveland they always find a way. You know they don't hit well. They just have really great starting pitching and yeah. bullpen they i think are still my favorite i think they might peter out at the end the white Sox are there they signed a lot of people they traded for people yeah. um the royals really 
have do, been doing these low key like signings, mm-hmm. which has been nice. Like you know, they bring in Mike Miner. They they sign. I think the first like big free agent, got Michael Taylor, Carlos Santana, <laughs> the first, Michael A. Taylor, the big free agent. Yeah. <laughs> um, they, I mean, they signed Carlos Santana away from Cleveland. Yeah. To go to like a a division rival like the Royals, um, mm-hmm. and they bring in Ben Attendee, who's kind of like their Alex Gordon replacement, who just retired. Like he's got a good glove. He's I think he's still a good hitter. Um, I think so too. I think he'll do really well in Kansas City. And I know it's just a two-year deal remaining for his contract, but if he has a really good season with them and they're out of a contention in July, you can see them trading him for a year and a half mm-hmm. to another team and get like prospects back to really build up your farm system more. Yeah. So I think it was a good trade for Kansas City. No, I think so too. And then also like Salvador Perez is healthy now. So he's there, Carlos Santana. And then you got Whit Merrifield. Everybody talk, forgets about Whit Merrifield. He's a great second baseman. Alberto Mondesi is great at shortstop. It's just like, you know, they yeah. have they have talent. Hunter, I don't think they have the Hunter pitching Dozier. yet. Yeah, they have Hunter Dozier. They have Jorge Soler. They have the lineup. They don't have the rotation. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. But let's go. Okay, let's let's uh let's go a little bit quicker here. Um, I want to talk about so two players that are back for the Phillies, DD and JT are both re-signed. I think DD was a one-year or two-year deal, and two then years. and then uh, JT was four. How do you think that's a good move? Besides, I know JT is honestly it, it's the best move the Phillies have made. Do you think DD is a good move bringing him back? Yeah, I think bringing back uh, Gregorius was was good. They they needed. Uh him to come back and play short. He did really well last year in his limited time in the shortened season. They still, I think Philly still needs pitching, especially seeing like the Braves are still going to be there. The Nationals aren't going away and the Mets have gotten a lot better. The NL lease is going to be really fun to watch. And the Marlins, you never know about the Marlins either. They made playoffs. Yeah. I think Philly though needs another bullpen piece or even a starter. To they don't really have Robertson with the anymore other either. So. Yeah, Robertson, I think, signed a minor league deal with the Brewers, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and I don't uh, know if Juan uh, Nicasio is still there. I don't know if he's still there. I don't know. We'll have to check. But, yeah, they, I, I think they're they're bolstering their offense, which is great. They really need to sign it, like, at least a pitcher or two. Yeah. Um, what do you feel about my man D. Gordon going to Cincinnati competing for that shortstop role? But he, they also shortstop. said – They said – because shortstop's up for grabs right now. But they also okay. said they were going to use him as a utility guy like they did in Seattle. How do you feel about his fit there? It's great. I think since he isn't, I don't think, going to compete, they haven't sold a lot this offseason with trades. But I think later in the year, like summer, we'll see them trading a lot of um, pieces of their offense. But And even Sonny Gray for their pitching. I think it's a great deal. He's going to do really well. I think he's going to see a lot of time in the outfield as well. But he's always a threat on the bases. I know MLB the show doesn't have a speed very high, but that makes me so mad. Yeah. It makes me so you mean to tell me the man that like led in stolen bases for like four years in a row only has a 78 speed. But they yeah. did put his base running aggression and stealing abilities in the 90s. But you mean to tell me speed 78? Really? Come on. Yeah, it's the pitcher shouldn't beat him every time. I'm hoping, <laughs> I'm hoping MLB The Show 21 comes out with a better statistic for him. 
yeah, if he makes the roster, hopefully. He um, will. I think he, he will. will. He I signed a he major, major league contract. He'll, he'll make yeah. it. You know, he had, a, he had health issues last year, so he's healthy now. So he had the time to heal. Let's do two more. So there's a trade that happened between AL West teams. Chris Davis goes to Texas for Elvis Andrews to Oakland. So Oakland filled the Marcus Simeon uh, hole there. And Chris Davis, basically another Joey Gallo for Texas. Um, yeah. when healthy. So I think Andrews is a better fit for Oakland. Uh, he is highly underrated, I, I feel like, defensively. Yeah, I think it was a good trade for Oakland. They got rid of Chris Davis. He really struggled his last two seasons there. Chris Davis does really well against Texas, so now he's on Texas. So we'll yeah. see how that goes. Andrews didn't, from what it seemed like, Texas is weird to me. They, he's been there so long, and they kind of did do him dirty at the end. Like they basically tell him, "You're not going to play short anymore. We're going to move Connor Falefa over to short, even though we just want to go glove for third base." They want uh, Odor to play second or even third. And then they have Solak out there as well. So really he got bumped out of a spot he's had for 10 plus seasons. Yeah. So him going to Oakland with kind of a fresh start, I think he'll do really well. Um, also, he's got Matt Chapman to his right. So yeah, I think he'll really be nice. fine. <laughs> I, yeah. No, I, I totally agree. The thing is, is with Texas, I don't know why Odor is still starting. I would put Solak. Um, I mean – like you said, Connor Falafa is, it needs to stay at third. He just won the gold glove there. So keep him there. I don't know why you would change that. Shortstop, yeah. leave it for Elvis Andrews. He's been great there. And then I would put Nick Solak at second over Odor because Odor never plays well. Yeah. He hasn't. Ever since he signed that contract, he's never been that, that guy. And then Ronald Guzman at, at first. So um, Odor but can be that backup guy or he can yeah, even play Odor, the biggest hit Odor had for the rangers was on jose batista yeah it's, yeah like I totally he agree. hasn't he hasn't done anything noteworthy to me that even deserve that contract or even playing time yeah so i don't know but you know i think oakland got a better deal out of it so i think um, so too but hopefully chris davis plays well in texas you never know let's call that a wrap on baseball Let's jump to my business about NHL. Okay. Here is the headline. Are you ready? Yeah. Steve Stamkos of Tampa Bay Lightning out for COVID protocol. Oh, my gosh. And that's it. That's Even it. though I, I will say this, the NHL has been getting hit pretty hard with COVID, like the staff and players and everything. Like they've – it's almost like watching like how the NBA got hit pretty hard. And now yeah. NHL is getting hit kind of hard. So, But speaking of NBA – Let's talk about this. Let's do something really quick that we were talking about earlier. Let's do our seven, eight, nine, ten picks for each conference at the end okay. of the season. So basically the bottom of the barrel for the playoffs. So for the West, who do you have? Seven, eight, nine, ten for the West. Ooh, the West is really good. Everyone, even the 14th seed, OKC, they are – um, just a few games under 500, and they're in double-digit wins already. Mm -hmm. um, same can't be said for the bottom seeds um, in the East, but the West is really competitive. I think seven, um, right now six is San Antonio, seven's Denver, and eight is Golden State. Personally, I think Golden State jumps up a little bit to maybe like seven or six. Okay, I'm going to leave the Spurs in there, and I'm going to leave Denver in there. Which so you're we, saying seven, eight, nine, and ten. So you're saying seven Golden State, eight who? 
Eight, San Antonio. Okay. Nine? Denver. And 10. I think Dallas picks it up. So I have some similar picks. I actually think Denver actually jumps up into the top six. Um, So I have seven, Golden State. Eight, San Antonio. Nine, I have New Orleans. I have okay. New Orleans can figure it out. They're not that far behind. And 10, I'm I'm hoping for this. It'd be awesome to see Sack at 10. Right, right now they are at 10 at and 10. playing 500. And you know, you know, if that's what it takes, then they, they got that. I want to see Fox in the playoffs. Yeah. So okay. I want to okay, see, so, see Dallas in the playoffs though, too. <laughs> you know, I, I think Dallas is way better than what they are right now, of course. And yeah. I think they actually make the top six as well. There's gonna be a team in the top six of the West that I think falls completely out. Yeah, I think they oh, who who's that though? Portland, Phoenix. Honestly, to me, it, it right now, for some reason, I want to say Phoenix. Drops? Drops. I think right now Memphis drops. Memphis to me is heating up now at the yeah. right time, but they're only 10 and 10. And I also feel like, so with Phoenix, it's like they had that great start and now they kind of slow down. It's not like they drastically slow down, but I think they're going to tank kind of hard here soon. And then I, I feel like Memphis is going to stay in the top six. They're, they're playing good basketball right now. And then Portland, I think actually creeps up to almost the four seed. I don't think Phoenix though is really cooling off. They've won uh four straight. In the last Just, six, they are you know, five and one. I make I make bold predictions, like how I always bet against the goats. So I'll bet against Chris Paul. Okay. Even though I like Chris Paul, he was great for OKC. But let me talk about my seven, eight, nine, and ten picks on the East, and we'll see what yours are. Okay, you ready? Okay. Seven, I have Toronto. Eight, I have Atlanta. Nine, I have Chicago jumping up in there. Okay. And ten, I have Miami. Hmm. You have Miami's in the nine seed right now. So I, I think, well, Tyler Hero just came back from COVID protocol. So I think um, they'll stay at that nine ten seed. I don't I think, think Tyler Hero is even the difference maker. I think he just got his heyday in the playoffs and that was it. <laughs> I mean, to it me anyways. At, it came at the right time. There's sometimes those playoff guys, you know, you need Yeah, that. they still lost though. <laughs> um, but who, let's see. I think, you know, the East is so weird. I Chicago. like Charlotte. I like Charlotte. Charlotte uh, to me is in the top six, though. That's that's the thing. I think I think Charlotte can drop up to six or five. I think so too. They're playing really good basketball, and yeah, it's I'm, not just Lamelo. It's like the whole team. It's everyone. Good. Yeah, yeah. I, I think Charlotte move Charlotte up to six. Toronto seven. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna keep Atlanta in there at eight. Okay, so we have the first two the same. What do you have at nine? I think nine. I'm gonna go Knicks. Ooh, you think they make it? I think they do. Oh, and that drought's gone. I think Miami's going to drop down to 10. Okay, so basically you're not saying Chicago for – you're saying – um, sorry. So I've got Chicago at 9, and you're saying who at 9 again? Knicks. Knicks. I think both of those teams could easily do it. Yeah. So we'll see with that. But um, speaking of basketball also – um, it's it's already been official to the the league that Toronto will not return uh, to their hometown in Toronto to play basketball this season yeah. due to COVID. Um, that was kind of like you know, I wouldn't say old news because it just came out, but it's like everybody kind of knew that. Um, but Durant, Kevin Durant's back. 
So that's a plus for Brooklyn. Um, Tyler Hero's back, like I said, for Miami. And Anthony Davis is back now for LA. But I know you being a big Lakers fan, how do you feel about this injury with Anthony Davis? Are you scared? What, what's up? I'm not scared because I think the Lakers are really going to play this um, very sensitive. I think with his Achilles strain, whatever you want to call it, he's going to come back, but I think they're going to be really careful managing his minutes and just seeing how he feels checking him in. You can't let a guy like him go out with an Achilles injury. Like, no, you can't. It's a I, huge After blow. that extension too, I – Yeah. I think the Lakers have enough depth, but I think if he does go down, I don't want him to, but let's just say he goes down for – an extending period of time of him missing maybe two weeks, you go out there and you get a trade piece. Cause I don't think, uh, I mean, you could throw Kuzma in there. He's been doing really well this season since he got his money. Yeah. So they, they have the replacements in the depth for him, but there's no like one guy that can really replace AD. So, so it's going to take, take a lot of the bench to do that. Would you agree with me? If I said, if Anthony Davis gets hurt, the Lakers are not repeating a title. They're not. I don't think so either. I think that, I mean, LeBron James said, but when he first got to LA, he wanted Anthony Davis there. And when he finally did, things happened. Yeah. But we've seen when Anthony Davis hasn't been there. Yes. LA has been winning games still, but they're way too close to, but it's taking 35 year old LeBron to really go full Superman. And then you're going to waste his minutes are going to be up and he's going to get exhausted. So I also like Caruso and he's very versatile on the court. So everyone likes Caruso. I, I mean, he's, it's not just because oh, like he's bald or anything. The bald he eagle. Play, he play. He plays hard. He plays very passionate basketball. Yeah, he really changes the overall um, tempo of the court when he's on it. Yeah. Um, you, like put him in there when the team's kind of slowing down a little bit. He pumps him up. Um, that's why he got the start in the clinching game in the finals last season. Mm-hmm. So he knows what he brings on the court, and he can score those points. He knows how to. Uh, be the playmaker and he can dunk which is really fun to watch yeah it's really so. fun to watch i so when you were talking about kyle kuzma heating up i really like kyle kuzma i always root yeah. for him because a lot of people are so against him of how many shots he takes he doesn't play defense or anything like that and i get it he does not play defense this year he is actually kind of tweaking it a little bit but you know he's actually putting balls in the basket and everything like that this year and everything's going pretty well so if I'm the Lakers, I would keep Kyle Kuzma as much as I can because, you know. Oh, yeah, they, they have him for like four more yeah, years. Yeah, I, I mean, think. they got him for a low draft pick too. So it's just like they have yeah. him for a long time. But my thing is, is like people are always against Kyle Kuzma. And you know what? I get it. He he doesn't play two sides of the court. It's always just shoot, shoot, shoot. But to me, Kyle Kuzma is definitely, you know, at least a top top 30 player in the league. Yeah, he's – He's really good. I, I've always liked Kuzma since they drafted him. He has had his last few seasons of, like, there's games where he's really great, and you're like, this is the guy. Yeah. And the next game, it's like, wow, you're you're one for 15 from the field. Like, what the heck? I think yeah. this season, though, I would have to, have to disagree a little bit. He's really jumped on, like, his overall game performance. He's shooting, but he's also grabbing those rebounds. Yeah. offensively and defensively i think his defense has really picked up this season mm-hmm. and i'm really glad it's shaping i know i follow him on social media and he never took a break from them winning last fall yeah he's been practicing every day since and i think that's really shown this season 
You know, it's crazy. If you actually look at the, the Lakers roster and like their stats this year, all the players rebounds per game has gone up every yeah. single player. It's kind of, it's kind of crazy, but it's also like, that's a thing that, that is very underrated in basketball is rebounds per game because it's a whole new possession after that. And, yeah. and so also Kyle Kuzma's uh, assists have gone up too this year. Yeah. So he, he, he's getting good looks. He's getting good looks. Like I know his last game against OKC, 15 points, nine rebounds. Eight of those nine rebounds were defensive rebounds, mm-hmm. which is great. He's getting yeah. in there. He's grabbing the ball and it's creating um, that opportunity for his teammates to get down there and score. He shot 50% that night. Like yeah. he's overall, when he gets his looks, like he looks really good. Yeah. So I'm really glad they re-signed him. Um, he's fun to watch and I think he's a great team player. Yeah. But I think with that, we're going to wrap things up here for not only NBA, but also for the podcast of the Dirty Dozen episode. The Dirty Dozen. Dirty Dozen. But with that, I'll let Brian take it away first for his goodbyes. Goodbye. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Uh, Like, subscribe, follow Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. I think our biggest following is on YouTube. So if you want to see us visually, go there. Um, Spotify, listen on there. Listen to the whole thing. If you don't like sports, just support us any way you can. Uh, we get a lot of listeners on there. Apple, do whatever you want. I don't see the stats <laughs> on that. Leave us a review. Leave us the stars, whatever. Give us topics to talk about. If you want us to talk about like NASCAR or something else that's fun, let us know. Or food. slide into our DMs. Or food, because um, I don't know what a snack and meal is. You don't. But if you listen to our <laughs> top 10 episode. You don't. Um, so. <laughs> I just like to eat. Stop, stop. Um, but yeah, just uh, thanks for listening and throwing over to my partner. With that, I'm just going to add, you know, be nice to one another. It is a crazy world out there still. Um, so be nice, be kind. You know, we all care about each other. There is a, in all evil, there's always some sort of bright, shining goodness in everybody. So try to find it in everybody. But with that, Like Brian said, like, share, subscribe, listen, do all that jazz. Send us comments. We love to hear comments. We love to hear feedback from you guys. We do this for you guys. We also do it for us. We love, this is like a passion for us. Sports is a passion. Yep. But also it's a passion for you guys too. And maybe there's a passion we haven't talked about. So tell us, tell us what you want. Tell us what you want to hear and we'll do our best. And you know what? If it's not right, then you send us more feedback and then we're learning. And it just becomes a, a great cycle of just, building knowledge but with we that we want to increase knowledge build our brains exactly bill 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 bill, bill, bill. Nye, the science guy but with bill, that bill, bill. <laughs> but with that um we'll hope to see you next time like we said we're probably going down to one episode a week so probably stay tuned for next weekend um but that gives you plenty of time to let us know what you want us to talk about so yeah hit that like button hit the subscribe button hit the play button do it all and we'll see you guys next time Goodbye.